alien spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. Welcome to the 67th Annual Subliminal Deception Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory bullshit. My name is Cody, and I'm joined by my pal, Phil. How are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Not doing too bad. We've had a horrible week here in Minnesota. Uh, the weekly wor- <laughs> weather update here real quick. Man, it was, you know what it's like, 90 degrees, like 102 with humidity, I was drenched in sweat yesterday. I was wearing my little ventilator mask for painting, and I had just like paint running down on, or I'm sorry, sweat running down on myself. I fucking hate that shit. Yeah, I, uh, let's see, it's been a little cooler. I think today it's going to be down to about 101, 102. So um, it was really cloudy yesterday, so it barely got above 100. It was actually a little humid, though, with all those clouds. Have you uh seen that like over the ocean dust bowl that was has been coming? Oh yeah, that's from the Sahara, the dust bowl. That's the, uh that's crazy though, isn't it? Yeah, the big uh it's I think it's supposed to hit the southwest. Um or the the American southeast. Well, I mean I get could you handle another dust bowl? Did did I I assume the dust bowl affected Arizona. Well we we get uh we get things called haboobs. We get a big like walls of dust that come over the city every summer. So, oh, really? Kind of it. It's pretty metal. Yeah, it's uh, it's really hard to drive in them, but they they pass, they pass over. It's I, not that bad. I saw this awesome video on Reddit. Right, it was basically a dust devil, and you could see it forming and swirling and everything. And then there's like one of those uh fire like pillars that come out of oil refineries. And mm-hmm. it like crashed and the flame was like swirling up in there. And then it like dissipated the goddamn dust devil. It was really, really strange. Yeah, we get those all the time here. Um, basically, you you see them like forming. And then it's really cool, though, when they come across the road and you just drive right through them. <laughs> Is it like Super Mario Brothers 2? No, it's they're just <laughs> tiny. They're really tiny. They're basically the size of... Maybe like a two-story house, like the biggest ones. Uh, and it's not like they're gonna pick up your car. It's just, you know, just a little bit of. It's not wind. like not like the documentary Twister. No, nothing like the documentary Twister. Okay, what I wanted to talk to you about real quick is, um, you remember? I think you and I used to play Turtles in Time for Super Nintendo. Yes. Now, I like to I like to watch speed runs. Like, uh, before I go to bed on YouTube or whatever, well, I just so happened to be watching the Turtles in Time one, like, literally yesterday. And when you go into the future, the date is 2020, okay? And they are flying around on, like, hovering, I don't know, like, discs or something. Isn't that Big crazy? platforms. Yeah. I'm like, I 2020 is a little different than what... Turtles in Time thinks it's going to be. 
Yeah, it's crazy. I remember talking to my older brother back in like probably the 90s and him saying what he thought the future was going to be like. What kind of uh, Back to the Future 2, how they went into the year 2000, I think 15 in that movie and him thinking that there were going to be flying cars and, you know, all of this stuff. And it turns out the best we can do is cars that can somewhat drive themselves and cell phones. That's all we have. <laughs> yeah, I think the uh, drive-by-wire cars like Tesla makes, I think I saw they were rated as the least safe cars in the world. So there's that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. What did you want to talk about, Phil? Oh, so we were talking uh, our episode last week. We were talking about um, the fact that the high nobility uh, in Europe didn't like the women didn't breastfeed their own children. So I actually watched I was watching some documentaries on YouTube the other day. They were talking about Queen Victoria and her children. In this episode, it was a two parter. One was with her daughters. One was with her sons. One of her daughters decided when she got married and had kids that she wanted to breastfeed her own kids. And apparently, I think this was after Queen Victoria's husband died, and she was a little bit more of a bitch. She actually called her daughter a cow for wanting to do that. Because she wanted to breastfeed her own kids. Yeah, she said she was like a cow. Wow, okay, well, that's not so nice. Yeah, no, not at all. But she was kind of a bitch, historically, so I can see it happening. uh, What year do you think that was? Uh, Ah, like 18... 70s or 80s so they probably didn't understand like the benefits to breastfeeding your children no they didn't understand the benefits of anything no. okay <laughs> they, were, they were barely like in the infancy of modern science so no they didn't understand shit so what what is that documentary called it's just on youtube it's uh one of those little like kind of podcast style YouTube channels where they make like little documentaries. Okay. Some of those it's are just on Queen Victoria's children. Okay. Uh, some of those documentaries are pretty, pretty good. You know, what drives me nuts is the like documentary ones like that, where the music is almost overpowering them talking. I hate that. Yeah. I hate like, I hate that shit too. It's not, I, I also really don't like it when the people on there like do not speak clearly and they're very quiet, like into the microphone, almost like they're doing like an ASMR. Oh, and yeah. They're just trying to make it sound really good, but you can't understand a word that they're saying. You know what? Before, while I was waiting for you to come on here, I was watching this video and it, it the title was like, I'm sick of flat earthers or something, right? So it's a very, some guy in his cell phone. And he was arguing, I couldn't tell what side he was on, but it was him and his friends got into an argument because one of them was a flat earther, but what they were arguing about was certain Bible verses that use the word circle, and the flat earthers thought circle meant the shape of the earth, and the other guy thought circle meant globe, but it was both like either... Uh, Torah verses or Bible verses. I don't remember which one, but I'm just like, this is the most idiotic argument I've ever heard in my goddamn life. I was going to say, if they're both sides were quoting the Bible, then they're both wrong. Anyway, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't really matter what well, either of them say. That, I'm just like, wh- why are you going to the Bible or 
whatever religious text you have for a scientific matter. It's just like, well, the guy was like, we almost came to blows about it. I'm like, you should not be fighting about the shape of the earth. That's a bit much. And using something so fucking unscientific as the Bible, which is just a collection of stories stolen from other oral traditions. Like, there's no, there's absolutely nothing scientific about the Bible. (laughs) It's barely even historical. Like, they try to claim that it's a primary resource for historians, but it's not. It's just, people just made these stories up. So, I don't know. You know what is, uh, last thing before we jump in here, is... I heard that, okay, you can get a Mormon Bible for free, right? But what do you think you have to actually pay for to acquire a Mormon Bible? Probably 15 cents or 15% a paycheck, which is what they pay every month. I found out that apparently you can order a free Mormon Bible, but it is hand-delivered by members of the LDS church and they try to get you to join instead of just giving you the Bible. So if you want the Bible, they come to your house and you have to endure like a 20 minute lecture about why you should join their congregation. And then I'm willing to bet that when the next day of worship that they want you to show up to their little church, they probably come by your house and convince you to get into the car with them. (laughs) I know. I'm like, I kind of want a Mormon Bible just to read it. I mean, I've read a little bit of one in like a Florida hotel one time, but obviously I'm going to spend vacation reading it, but it'd be kind of fun to read it, but I'm not going to go through all that. Was it on gold tablets? (laughs) No, it was a soft paperback. Anyway, Phil. No seer stones needed. (laughs) Anyway, Phil, should we get into this week's conspiracy? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay. Now, Phil. Have you ever heard of the Lesotho UFO? No, I have not. Okay, now, have you ever heard of Lesotho? No, not really. What's Uh, that? Okay, I'm going to give you the Wikipedia entry here. The area known as Lesotho is completely surrounded by South Africa. Lesotho was annexed to the Cape Colony in 1871, but became separate again as a crown colony in 1884. When the Union of South Africa was formed in 1910, there were moves by the UK to include Lesotho. However, in October of 1966, the kingdom gained full independence. So, if South Africa is very large, okay? So, if you imagine a tiny little hole in it, that is Lesotho. It's a separate country within South Africa. So, it's kind of like... If, uh, I don't fucking Kansas wasn't included in the United States. It's very strange. Yeah, and they were just kind of stranded in the middle of the country. It sounded like, I don't know, I'll be honest, I don't know that much about South African history, but it sounded like South Africa, uh, all the colonies maybe, they were all separate at one time, and then they kind of all got included with South Africa, and then Lesotho kind of broke apart from that. But so, oh, I was going to tell you really quick. So South Africa the, started off as Cape Colony, which was originally uh, settled by the Dutch. And then eventually the British took over from the Dutch, even though there were like a ton of Dutch settlers in that uh, area of the like Cape, the colony, Cape Colony. Okay. So what they ended up doing is 
they moved like northeast up into like deeper in the colony away from the British and they formed what's called Transvaal and Orange Free State. And okay. basically all of those little countries came back together uh, in like 1910, what you're talking about. And then they that formed South Africa. Yeah. So the Dutch said the, the descendants of the original um, immigrants were Dutch and they called themselves Afrikaners. I believe. Okay. That's where that word comes from. Interesting. Well, I I couldn't really find why or how they became their own, like, country again, but they did it. And it's just, like, if you look at the map, it looks very weird. But um, from what I did see, there's been a lot of political battles for them to just kind of become uh, embedded with South Africa itself. Um, as rec- as recently as 2010, and one of the main leading reasons that uh, the some of the political parties or whatever are trying to push for that are is because the country is suffering from such a bad AIDS epidemic that they think if they just become part of South Africa, then they could like get assistance from them and everything like that. That's what it sounded like, um, but I I don't really know that much about. That Af- that area of Africa's politics, but that's what it seemed like because they had such a bad AIDS epidemic going on. I imagine if they don't have any outlets to the sea or they're just kind of that small little country on their own, uh, that would give them like a lot of problems yeah. being so tiny in the middle of another country. Yeah, they they use the word landlocked quite a bit. Yeah, they're probably what they're most known for. <laughs> <laughs> Just being that tiny little landlocked country. Hey, Arizona's landlocked, right? Well, yeah, but it's connected to the United States. So, <laughs> <It's we're> not... <laughs> so, so is Minnesota and Iowa. I know we're about the most landlocked uh, state in the union, right? Pretty much. Right in the fucking middle. Anyway, now, why the Lesotho UFO is so interesting is it seems like since the late 1980s and into the in fact uh mid 2000s basically south africa has been experiencing ufo sightings and we don't really know why there's no reason for it i don't you know some people say certain regions in the world have like a gateway for the aliens or whatever i i don't whatever you make it i bet i think people say that about fucking arizona to be honest with you um, but- yeah, people say that about a lot of different areas on Earth. They claim that there's these certain little like geometric shapes that you can lay over the Earth, and then where you see the intersections, you find hot spots. I think uh, Egypt is one of them. Stonehenge is one of them. That kind of deal. We're kind of like these supernatural hot spots. Yeah, well, if you think about South Africa and then uh, let's say the Southwest, right? Uh, very hot and arid climates, so kind of makes you wonder if that is. In South America, obviously has a lot of that, although they're not deserts. Um, but I don't know. It's interesting. But some of the more popular ones, and the one I'm definitely gonna cover in the future. One really famous one is the uh 1989 Kalahari uh incident. I read a little bit about that. Very interesting. Um, and then there is the video that I have linked to you. Why don't you go ahead and start watching that, and I'll talk about it. 
Um, that was taken on the Cape of Good Hope on uh, September 19th, 2003. Now, I don't know if you know how to link that to the Instagram or whatever, maybe put it in the uh, uh, notes or whatever there. But it's a very, very interesting UFO video. I don't know how you're feeling with the initial look at the craft in the video. Do you think it looks really fake? What do you think so far? Um, jeez, I'm about halfway through it. It, I don't think it looks real. No. How about when it takes off? I think it takes off at like... Oh, it takes off too? Yeah. All right. Oh, that was pretty quick. Yeah, so it's very, it's very interesting. I mean, every fucking UFO video is goddamn as grainy as uh, the goddamn sea, but like, I don't know. It's a very... You can definitely tell the shapes of it and everything, and it takes off at a really, really high rate of speed, which is really interesting. So I, I don't know. Maybe we'll link it in the uh, description for the post or whatever, and people can maybe take a look at it and watch for themselves and tell us what they think. I think it's an interesting video, uh, to say the least. But that is not the UFO sighting we're talking about. But that is kind of to show South Africa has had some UFO experiences as of uh, recently. So, but what we're talking about started on September 15th, 1995. Good year, Phil. You and I were about 10 years old. Yep. That's uh, in Catholic school. Can't even think something big that happened that year. <laughs> I think, uh, was it? Alter Boy? Columbine? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that happened that year. Yeah, Columbine happened that year. Oof. Anyway, so, uh, The event started at about 9.15 p.m. A local farmer named Peter Lachessa heard what he referred to as, quote, a strange sound uh, coming from his property. Now, the interesting thing is Peter said, you know, where he he was a farmer in uh, in the country here, and it's always usually very quiet. So the sound really stuck out to him. Now, Peter apparently wasn't the only one who heard the noise because all of his cattle began to get riled up and start, you know, cow crying, moaning. You know that sound, right? Oh, yeah. Where they, you know, you got these bovine all riled up. They start getting, uh, I don't know, making weird noises. Now, naturally curious, Peter starts to make his way outside of his home. And before he can even get out the fucking door... He hears what he describes as, quote, a dull explosion. I don't even know what a dull explosion sounds like. What do you think a dull explosion sounds like? Yeah, I don't know. I've never heard anything called a dull explosion. Did one of the cows just rip ass and (laughs) start shaking the building walls or something? I don't think cows shit. I think they or I'm sorry. I don't think cows fart. I think they just literally like. Oh, yeah, shit, cows, instantly. They, they do. It's just shit comes out when they do it. I don't know. I just, I've, I've been trying to wrap my head around what a dull explosion is. Is it like you don't, like, hear, like, the bang? Maybe you just hear, feel, like, the vibrations from it? I don't know, like, yeah, the, the aftershock sure. from it? I don't know. It's very, maybe somebody will tell us what the hell a dull explosion is. But anyway, now, Peter heads outside, and... What he notices is that all of his neighbors must have heard either the second noise or the first noise. 
and they had already began to head onto his property to basically figure out what the fuck was that, okay? Now, one of the additional reasons that some of the neighbors, outside of just the noise, started heading out into his property was they were seeing lights in the sky, very weird lights in the sky. I don't, I can't imagine that they are having a rave nearby, so I assume this would might maybe be weird for uh, uh, 1995 here in this country. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, it's starting to, it kind of starting to sound like most, like these UFO stories. It's always a sound, an explosion, then lights, then they kind of, uh, head to it and kind of investigate it. And that's essentially what we're going to be seeing here. And then obviously we always know what comes after that. Uh, that I was, uh, I was going to ask you quick, have you been watching the brand new unsolved mysteries on Netflix? I have not. Please tell me they have paranormal, paranormal and aliens on there. So they did have one episode. I, th- I believe it was episode four. It's called, uh, the Berkshire UFO incident, I believe. Okay. It happened in Massachusetts, and it was a mass UFO sighting and abduction. Really? Yeah. The UFOs were, um, there was one kid in, it was back in 1965. Uh, it was a grown man now, but he was a child back then. He claims that he was over at a friend's house, and there was a voice in his head that told him he needed to run home. And when he ran outside to go run home, all of a sudden he was stuck in place, but running. Almost at they said it almost looked like he was on a treadmill. And one of the girls that was at the house with him walked outside and saw him running in place. And then he looked over, saw a bright light, and he disappeared. She said he disappeared for eight minutes before it laid him down on the other side of their front lawn. And there was wow. a lot of those stories on this one. Wow. I need to watch that. I fuck. I fucking love that stuff, man. That is... It, like, when you talk about running in place... For some reason, all I could think about is like a shitty like PS1 game where it's like glitching out and the characters are just running in place. That's exactly how it looked on the video. Really? Yeah, when they did the reenact, when they did the reenactment, the kid was just standing there and he was running in place. It isn't just Robert Stack's corpse on there, right? Talking about it. No, it's not. It's okay. they have different people on there now. Obviously, what if they just had <laughs> they, a marionette of his body talking? That'd be amazing. Or they just brought back like a like a hologram yeah. of him. Hey, people would fucking love that. I can tell you that much. Now, anyway, now according to Peter and his neighbors, the object they had seen in the sky slowly began to descend towards the fo- uh, Lesotho foothills. However, as it was dis- uh, descending, it would es- explode upon hitting the ground, and according to Peter, was giving off a series of blinding flashes. So he didn't really talk about the speed that it hit the ground, but almost like, I guess kind of like the Shag Harbor episode where it's kind of like hovering, slowly coming down, and then just kind of like explodes and then letting off all the lights. I don't, I've always wondered, do you think like the lights are like a an SOS or like a warning thing, or is it just a malfunction? Uh, oof, I think it might be more of a malfunction. When, because you always hear about in the sky when you see the lights, that's kind of, they think that's how it like controls its propulsion is the lights are some kind of like exhaust almost. And I wonder if when it hits the ground, those same engines are still like going. 
Very, I mean, that's very possible. But uh, anyway, so Peter and his neighbors then all decided, you're curious, right? They started heading directly to where the craft, uh, the craft had allegedly crashed at. Now, they claimed as they got closer to it, they could hear what they described as an electronic humming noise that was emanating from the crippled craft itself. I feel like I can kind of recognize this noise. Do you kind of know what this sounds like? The low hum? Yeah, like, it's almost like, uh, say we have all these, uh, well, it's not really these microphones, it's kind of the other ones. You know when you're about to get a phone call and you hear that buzzing noise in, like, your headphones? Yep, like it's just yeah. about to start ringing. Yeah, that's what I'm assuming that sounds like. But anyway, so it sounds like they actually physically witnessed the the craft itself because um, they described it as a, a dull gray metallic color, although any further details were hard to examine as there were there was, quote, immense heat which radiated from all directions. Now, they claim that the heat was so hot coming off of this thing that it was literally causing the grass around it to burn up like there wasn't no fire it was just so hot it was emitting that much heat so we've i feel like we've heard that uh ufos might mess with like nuclear things or things of nuclear uh elements or whatever maybe that was giving off enough heat something like that what do you think or they're putting off radiation. Yeah, radiation. And that's what I was thinking of, yeah. Even though you don't see like any fire or like anywhere you might think a heat source is coming out of, it's that radiant heat. Yeah. Kind of like when you heat up a piece of metal really hot and you can feel that heat, even if you're like a foot away from it, you can feel that heat coming off of it. <laughs> You'd think they have a goddamn Prince concert going on in sp- inside <laughs> of this spaceship. <laughs> or no, no. Who's a wrestler who has like the most fireworks when they come out? Ah, uh, fool. <laughs> Ric Flair. Ric Flair wasn't really for fireworks. Um, Goldberg. Yeah. He used to have the big uh, firework display right away. He'd be standing in the fireworks. Okay. Hell yeah. Maybe he's he's inside there. Anyway, now Peter claims that they were even though they were staring at this UFO altogether. He claims because of the shape and dimensions and how it looked and everything, he couldn't make out if there was actually anybody inside of it or not because it didn't have any windows or anything, according to them. Now, interestingly, this is really interesting to me, is Peter claims that after he was sitting there staring at the craft for a while, he began to feel this really overpowering urge within inside of his head that he should contact the local authorities, right? Now, yeah. I, I feel like I've definitely heard this in UFO cases where they have like a power of persuasion over human being. Where they put a, it's almost like they put something into their head to make it seem like it's their own idea. Yes. I, I swear I've heard of all these UFO cases, like people will, will see them in the air or something and they'll get like this really strong urge telling them, that like I need to go back inside or something like that. Like they can manipulate the human brain in that way. Well, from what I've heard, it's almost as if this voice is trying to pretend like it's the person 
thinking it. However, it doesn't like it's not able to since it's not coming from another human being. It's coming from a like a, a robot. How am I trying to say this? It's almost like a computer's trying to tell you this. You can tell it's not a human or your own thoughts telling you this. It actually feels like it's a computer telling you. Yeah, like yeah, I I see what you're saying. Like a some piece of technology telling them or something like that. Yeah, an un, un, unnatural voice inside your head. Well, anyway, so Peter obviously does this, contacts the authorities. Now, around 10 p.m., the Lerib, I think it's Lerib or Lerib, one of them, uh, police department finally arrives on the scene. Peter went informed Sergeant uh, Thobo uh, that the strange a- aircraft had crashed into his farmstead and that there could potentially be injured crew members still inside. So Sergeant uh, Thobo, alongside Constable Nandy, headed back to take a look for themselves at the crash. Now, later in their report, it would state these exact words, quote, a large round disc-shaped object lay within the boundaries of Mr. Lachessa's farm, they would estimate the object uh, was around 60 feet in length and around 10 feet high. They would confirm the color uh, to be dull gray. They also stated that they could find no windows or portholes uh, for basically a way to actually get into this goddamn thing. So coming from the police that uh, themselves, I think that's very interesting. Yeah, it is. It. It's an interesting thought because whenever you hear about these like UFO crashes, they always seem to happen inside of like major countries that have a strong military presence. And it's almost as if by the time the local authorities get there, the military is already there. But you're inside of a country right now that I don't think they are going to have like that strong of a military presence like that can actually go in there and know what they're, you know. Like there doing. isn't a lot of central. Well, um, the the interesting thing is the military is definitely going to get involved, but I don't think it is the Lesotho military exactly. Okay, like it's South Africa's uh, military intelligence that I think is kind of working with their government because they probably don't have much of an intelligence core. I mean. From the one kind of douchey Instagrammer video I was watching about the country, um, it looked like a very quaint, uh, very kind of rural countryside. So it, I'm assuming they didn't have like a huge military or anything. I could be wrong, but it didn't seem like that in the in his videos. It's just beautiful countryside, nice place to relax, all all of that. Yeah, from the sounds of it, I don't think they're gonna have like a very like very large military presence. You know, what's the funny thing about the, uh, the, the travel guide or whatever. He, he was talking about all these hotels, which look great. Every single one. He was like, what to do? Well, we have horse and donkey riding around. Like, do you have to tell that every single hotel offers horse or donkey riding? Like, I think you could probably find that anywhere. You don't have to keep repeating that over and over. Yeah. Well, I wonder how much tourism this place actually gets. If they actually have, do they actually have like a large city? I didn't look into that. Um, I'm sure they, every country has somewhat of a big city. Well, 
not Iceland, but <laughs> <laughs> are you sure about that? It's a re- it's about the size of Rochester, Minnesota, <laughs> Reykjavik. Hey, look, uh, when I was in Alaska, goddamn Anchorage was about the size was smaller than Rochester, and that's like oh, their yeah. main city. So let's not be haters. That's that's their main shithole. Yeah, basically. Anchorage. I actually think Rochester, Minnesota's downtown was bigger than Anchorage's. Yeah. And we consider uh, that small. So it looks like their biggest city is called Mazaru, and okay. it doesn't look that big. Eh, maybe it's not. Maybe there's a few nice restaurants or something. I don't know. Yeah, they have some. I'm looking at pictures of it right now. It looks like they have some decent sized buildings, so maybe a little bit of a downtown. Well, anyway, let's get back to this here. Now, Sergeant uh, Thobo decided, hey, I'd better call into the police headquarters. And he he basically explained what he had seen. He he, he gave him the details of all of his uh, report, the shape of the vessel. He couldn't find any windows. He didn't know if anybody was still inside. And interestingly, I forgot to mention this, is while he could definitely see that, obviously, this weird craft had crashed there, he he claimed he couldn't see a single ounce of actual physical damage that was done to the outside of the craft. So it kind of makes you wonder, right? Are there ships, like, indestructible? You know what I mean? Well, it would also make you wonder, did it land or did it crash? Well, I, I don't It kind of sounded like maybe something electronic had been malfunctioning within the ship that caused it to be unable to fly anymore. Oh, no. I'm. What I mean is... From what it sounded like, it, it was a controlled crash. But you said it; none of the outside of it was damaged. No. So were they able to actually make like an emergency landing? That's what I mean. Yeah, without I, damaging the ship. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I would assume so, right? That's what it sounds like. Um, if they didn't damage the vessel at all. Yeah. Well, I, God, we've, we've studied so many UFO crashes. It seems like these goddamn things can basically like crash into the ground or crash into something or make a soft landing miraculously without destroying their ship, you know, but I I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Depends on what kind it is. Usually when you hear about a UFO, like crashing, it's in a million pieces. You've heard that. The only one I've ever heard like that is like Roswell. There's Roswell. And then there's a couple of other ones where they're pulling bodies out of the, the, wreckage yeah yeah i suppose yeah i suppose you're right but who knows if those are you know ex- like might just be bare not satirical. real if they're exaggerated i guess you'd call it yeah could just be a very satiro time machine or something it's possible or <laughs> one of his agents of evil but anyway now after the police had ra- radioed in the report and everything uh finally around about midnight an official internal report went from the police to a Lesotho government official. From there, the report went right to South African Intelligence Department. Now, what is really interesting is, while they had technically only just received the memo of the crash, it seems like they had already been pieces in motion to head to the crash site. Like, they yeah. already knew it happened before it had actually been reported, which is really interesting. Now, we're going to kind of... shit, they might have been the ones who shot it down. Could have been, I guess. It doesn't really mention that, and I think the uh, 
the ending's going to have a little bit of a twist here for you, Phil, but uh, yeah. So we're going to kind of go into what the military was up to at this point. Now, they say roughly about 17 minutes past midnight, the Lesotho Ministry of Defense was given the location of this man's ranch, basically where all his cattle were, and about an eight-mile radius west of the rib near the Matabematsu River. I think Perfect. that is how it is. <laughs> anyway, now basically while they were scouring this and trying to figure out if it could be a regular craft, uh, they confirmed that there was no military, no commercial aircrafts that had flown anywhere within this area. Apparently, I don't know why they do this, but the Air Force Puma helicopter uh, performs routine aerial patrols of the of the South African and Lesotho borders. Uh, I don't know why they do that. Apparently, they just circle around it daily. You ever heard of anything like this? It seems like well, they're I mean, peaceful. Every country has border control. You're not. It's not like they're worried about South Africa invading. They're probably worried about. People like bandits or thieves or, you know, people escaping whatever situation they are coming from in South Africa. Probably worried about them crossing their border. Do you know what the hell a Air Force Puma helicopter is? Uh, I think a Puma is like a really small one. Is it? Interesting. Just a little scout helicopter, I think. (laughs) Interesting name for them. I've never heard of a puma helicopter before but uh anyway now around 1 a.m two rescue helicopters were dispatched to the location now a captain manny lou would report back to his base manny would state that around uh that around 400 square miles of land were now engulfed in fire however the crashed craft what he described as a a disc-shaped metallic object was completely undamaged and still intact. So I I guess maybe now it's gotten so hot it's starting a fire. Very interesting. Did the fire happen like around the craft or yes, was like, the craft also engulfed in flames? It's, it's hard to say. Now, um, a lot of these are coming from leaked military documents so basically what I'm making out of this is essentially the fire is kind of spreading out around the craft. And I don't think the craft itself is on fire or maybe there's fires underneath of it. You know, possibly. What I mean? Well, if it was dried out grass, I could see all of that heat coming off of it, maybe starting some on fire. It, it did mention dry grass. So I'm assuming it obviously was extra flammable. But uh, but yeah. yeah, I don't. This guy basically just says he was flying over, fucking fire everywhere, and he could just see the little, well, I guess it wasn't that little, but uh, the big circular craft that's just kind of sitting in the middle of it. So, very interesting. Or the aliens just torched everything to cover their retreat. A literal smoke screen. Is that what you're implying here? Yep. Making (laughs) making a literal smoke screen. (laughs) The worst goddamn Pokemon move ever. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> now, interestingly, around this exact same time that the helicopter pilots had flown over, the South African military was sending in ground units. Now, a, quote, sterile area of around a mile would go into effect 
in all directions around where the crashes to have believed have happened. Uh, at some point between 2 and 3 a.m., the South African military intelligence had completely taken over. By 3.47 a.m., the entire area would be secured and on lockdown. Soldiers on the ground received permission to use lethal force if anybody tried to break through this quarantined area. That sounds kind of serious. Yeah, I'm wondering if they would have done that even if the Lesotho government didn't give them permission. You mean the South African military? Yeah, I wonder if the South African military wouldn't have just went in there anyway. Kind of sounds like it, right? Because they definitely were more than willing. They It sounded like they were already en route before they were even made aware of it. So they were coming in no matter what, It sound, from what it sounds like. like it, it, to me, it's like if we believe these series of events, this really makes me always believe that if UFOs are real, the government, some sort of agency or something around the world always is aware of when either they crash when they're traveling over a certain location, like they know exactly what they're doing on the earth. That's what it always seems like. Yeah. And a country like South Africa, it's possible they may have been getting their orders from a different, you know, either a country or some other government, some other world body. Yeah. It's, it's not like they were going in there on their own looking for alien technology or looking to lock it down. I wonder if someone else had told them, Hey, there's something that landed over here. You guys got to go pick it up for us. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, there's always, like, someone who informs the rest of the world they need to take care of this shit. Just kind of like you said. But anyway, now... What I was going to say, too, is I'm guessing that Lesotho government is probably too small potatoes to even deal with, like, whatever higher body would be giving out some order like that. Oh, yeah, especially if they didn't have, like... uh, their own powerful military to, like, stop them from coming in there. Oh, yeah. What are they going to do? Call in their three squadrons of Border Patrol people to go fight off the South African military? (laughs) They're going to send in all the tourists on horseback and march over there and take them out. (laughs) (laughs) All the the dumb white Instagrammers send them over there. Anyway, by 5.55 a.m. on the morning of September 16th, The Foreign Technology Recovery Unit arrived on the scene. Now, I don't even know what the hell this thing is, but it is mentioned in the military documents. So what do you think that is? I mean, would you really have a government? This this would have to be happening a lot for them to, like, take the time to paint that shit on the sides of the trucks. You know? Well, well, that's the thing, though. I don't know if it, there was any. What I'm saying is, I don't know if there's any mysterious trucks or anything that said this. I think what it literally is is in a military document memo where they're keeping track of the timeline. They're just saying this branch or this sector, the foreign technology recovery unit or whatever, arrived on the scene. Did it say if they were with Lesotho or South Africa? They don't say who they are with. That's uh, all it says. So they could be fucking anybody. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, but then again, when you hear foreign technology, me that could be a Russian ship. That could be 
a ship from somewhere else. That could be a craft from another country. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. Just in case something from the United States or Russia or England or France fell into their lap, they go retrieve it. I mean, it could be their rival rugby team that crashed here. We don't know. We don't know. That is true. (laughs) But this is the interesting part, kind of towards the end of it here, where the alleged leaked documents get really interesting to me anyway. Now, after this recovery unit goes through, they claimed that the craft contained three occupants and all three of them were still alive. Now, according to the reports, all three of them were taken to a top secret research unit at Swartkop, I think it's Swartkop Air Force Base uh, in Pretoria. Now, I think Pretoria is the capital of South Africa or like the biggest city there. That's what it looked like on the map. Like Pretoria? Yeah, maybe it was Pretoria, but I don't know. It looked like a major city in South Africa. So Pretoria is one of the three capitals of South Africa. I just looked it up. Apparently South Africa split up all of their capital buildings among the three nations that make up South Africa. So Cape Colony, Transvaal, and Orange Free State. They basically split up the duties of the capital city among those three capitals. So it makes sense why Pretoria would have a large Air Force base, probably. Probably a secret one. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, I've never heard. I don't know much about South Africa's Air Force. I know they do have a pretty decent military in terms of like African nations. So they had one of the bigger ones. But if we believe these are aliens or whatever in this, you could definitely see them taking them here to hide them or whatever. Oh, yeah. Uh, one of their one of their larger air force bases would be the place to take it. But it, but anyway, they're, I'll, they're oh. not they're not going to store it in some barn in Lesotho with <laughs> no, all of the the goat herders. No, I just put it in some local pizza shops rest or uh, <laughs> a walk in freezer. Probably not. Oh shit! Another pizza gate. <laughs> well, anyway, they basically claim they took them to this air force base. Um, and they went over, when, would undergo an, an extensive medical examination. Now, after that, the three occupants would be moved to a, quote, Delta level, which is an apparent highly secure underground facility where they would undergo more tests, even more specialized tests. So, again, if we believe this, Sounds very similar to what they do here in America or Canada or whatever. Always take them to like these really deeply underground bases to kind of figure, I don't know, test on them, do whatever they do to them there. I wonder which country actually this Delta site was at. I wonder if was it in South Africa or did they move it? Did they move the bodies to a different country? I, 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 I we really don't know. I kind of read it like that Air Force base has an underground facility beneath it that they took them to. Yeah, it's weird to think that some of these smaller countries have some of these big military installations. You never really think about it like that. Whenever you see, like on the movies, whenever you see some of these smaller countries, militaries, it always just kind of looks like like a little army camp, like a little rebel camp, even though they're like for the big countries. Well... What I was kind of thinking here is what if, because it seems like this area of the continent had been experiencing more UFOs, 
in recent history here, what if they had designed this area or this facility or whatever strictly for that purpose? That's possible. So That'd be, I mean, if you were getting a lot of these sightings and if there were more crashes than just this one, then definitely you'd want to invest in something like that to keep it away from all the people in your country. Now, I'm going to drop the uh, bomb here. This is very interesting how they actually describe what the occupants look like inside the ship. Now, the, okay. the quote goes, they describe them as humanoids with reptilian aspects, leading some to believe that this ship was containing reptilian aliens. What do you feel about that, Phil? Is it possible? <laughs> Since it is in Africa. Okay. I mean, this this could be part of uh, Barry Satiro's family on his father's side in this craft. I mean, it's possible. Wasn't he in Indonesia at this point or was he in Chicago? In no, 80- he was in, in the 90s. He would have been in, I think, Chicago at this time. Okay. So, I don't know. We might have to throw that one out. But it's very interesting. I'm not... I've kind of came to the belief recently from all of uh, from sub D and every documentary I've seen. I don't know if the reptilians are like David Icke and reptilians, but uh, I kind of have started to feel like they they could potentially be an alien species or whatever alien race amongst the eight or nine whatever different ones there are. Yeah, well, it depends on which fucking YouTube conspiracy video you want to watch, whether there's three different types or if there's hundreds of different types i have always heard that the reptilians were really tall did it say if they were very tall or short it didn't mention anything outside of their humanoids with reptilian aspects it's literally all this says okay because usually when you hear about reptilians they're always very tall yeah I, like I, over six feet tall di- no dimensions no nothing basically what i've gathered from this incident is uh, essentially they had pieced together all these military documents to make a cohesive story. And that is exactly what they did with like the Kalahari incident um, that we'll probably talk about in the future is leaked military documents. And especially from, I think that one comes straight out of one of the pilots involved mouth. So I don't know. We kind of, uh, you kind of got to make from it what you will, but I don't, I, some people think the reptilians kind of live within the earth. Um, I think when we talked about our hollow moon theory, a- actually the the in African beliefs, there was a lot of like talk of reptilian lords and all of this shit that kind of uh, overlook humanity and stuff. Do you remember that? Yeah, their home base was inside the hollow moon. Well... Is that the ones? No. Well, their home base, I think, is allegedly Nibiru, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. No, but I'm saying in like really, really ancient cultures in Africa, we talked about, they spoke about the moon in a like reptilian race that used the moon or something like that. I, I can't really remember, but it was something along those lines. So you kind of see dots connected in that aspect, I guess, if you believe any of that so yeah i don't i don't know what do you make of this whole story phil do you think it's bullshit do you think there's something to it what do you think it's pretty interesting um you said this happened back in the 90s right 1995 
I would wonder if those police officers that were called, if they took any pictures of it or if their records, if if kind of what they were writing down is in the official record. I don't know. I I yeah. don't know. I feel like governments try to scrub that shit, right? It is pretty weird that South Africa, the South African government just kind of seemed like they were on top of it before they were even called. But I mean, that is pretty normal for what you hear that those governments do want to get right on it. So I mean, before anyone else can grab it or figure out what it is. South Africa is a big fucking country. So, I mean, they got there pretty fast with ground units and everything. Yeah. Well, they could have been seeing that UFO on their radar for quite some time. Yeah. I, I don't know. I like, uh, I, I think this is a, a very interesting uh, UFO story mainly because of there's so many witnesses involved in it. So it's very, uh, very interesting. I don't know. You have to, would you give it the Neil deGrasse Tyson 50, 50? I would say it's about 50, 50 that it's not complete bullshit. Um, I don't think it's made up. So uh, like 50, 50, it's completely like made up. I do think that something weird happened, but the problem with a lot of this is it comes from, well, I mean, there are official documents saying that something was taken out of there. So with well, the the really interesting thing about this one in particular is when you look through like maybe top 10 UFO cases in the world or like things like that, this one is always included along with like Roswell with like Shag Harbor with like the Kecksburg incident. Like this one is always put in, in with those. So uh, yeah, yeah I keep thinking I keep thinking of this in terms of if it happened in the United States. So in my mind, it's like, oh, well, why didn't anyone take a picture of it? Why didn't anyone do this? And I'm like, oh, well, maybe it was, you know, different. Maybe they didn't have cameras on them or the cops didn't have cameras with them. Something like that. Um, I would say something weird happened, but not exactly sure about, you if know, it's a UFO if, if it's if like it's a, a UFO or just something more terrestrial. Yeah, like a foreign craft or like a satellite crashing or who knows something what. like that. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, Phil, if our fans want to let us know what they think, where can they do that? They can hit us up on our email, subliminaldpodcast at gmail dot com. They can also get a hold of us on our Instagram. We're at Subliminal Deception Podcast on IG. Uh, it's great to hear from everybody. Thanks for all of the likes and the shares that we've gotten recently. Uh, Cody and I both have our own uh, Instagram accounts. Mine's SDPodPhil. I use it a little bit more now than I used to, but not that much. And if anyone does talk to me on it, I always try to get back to them. Cody, you got some? Yeah, you can follow my personal Instagram at Cody Zababa. Follow me on there. Talk to me. Let's uh, talk about some weird shit. Uh, the last thing we need you to do, and I have seen that some people have been leaving us some reviews on iTunes, so thank you very much for that. Just log on to iTunes. Leave the show five-star review, preferably written. doesn't really matter what you say. Type the date for all we care. We don't. It doesn't matter. It just helps the show grow. If you're a Spotify user, just hit the follow button and always be up to date when we drop the latest episodes. So, otherwise, guys, I hope you enjoyed this wacky UFO adventure. And we will be back next week with another conspiracy. Thanks, guys.